episode number 151 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. And that song comes from their 2009 album, Everyone on Every Night. And today, we got to start with the news that already, and this is before any Stanley Cup playoff games even take place, uh, we have 26 players testing positive for COVID-19, and I'm going to go ahead and read a statement released by the NHL just the other day on Monday. As of Monday, June 29, the NHL has had in excess of 250 players report to club training practice facilities for optional participation in Phase 2 activities. There have been in excess of 1,450 COVID-19 tests administered to this group of players. Those tests have resulted in a total of 15 players returning confirmed positive test results for COVID-19. In addition, since June 8, the opening of Phase 2, the league is aware of 11 additional players who have tested positive for COVID-19 outside of the Phase 2 protocol. All players who have tested positive have been self-isolated and are following CDC and Health Canada protocols. The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on the number of tests administered to players and the results of those tests. And again, I, I can't stress this enough, 26 positive cases before any hockey games have even taken place. So it's definitely a scary situation here. It's definitely a little bit of a dicey situation. I know there are uh, a lot of opinions out there about whether this Stanley Cup playoff tournament should even be happening, whether sports should even be coming back this soon. It does certainly give you some pause hearing that already there are 26 positive cases, but it's one of those things where, you know, we're not there yet. I know that the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs not going to be starting until the end of July, July 30th to be exact. Today is July 1st. So there is some time to kind of consider risk versus reward as far as the Stanley Cup playoffs are concerned, whether or not to even attempt to play this tournament. Because again, you know, 26, what's going to happen when the games actually start? And then these players are out there on the ice, you know, fighting for pucks in the corner, breathing on each other, crashing into each other. But I mean, the it's a contact sport. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. Think about a scramble in front of a net in the playoffs. You've got like six, seven, eight players in there fighting for the puck and falling all over each other and, and trying to stuff the puck home or trying to get the puck uh, out of the crease. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is right now. Uh, again, we'll just kind of continue to see what happens. But if this continues to happen and more and more and more and more players just end up contracting COVID, then I don't know how you can, in good conscience, go forward with this tournament. And I know, I know that's unfortunate because, obviously, we're all hockey fans. We're all Ranger fans or Probably most of the people listening to this are Ranger fans, and we want to see the Stanley Cup playoffs because it's a fantastic, to me, it's the best thing in sports. It's the best playoff tournament in any sport. I know some people will push for March Madness, but give me a Stanley Cup playoff tournament where literally any team can go on a run and win the Stanley Cup, and every single round is best of seven. Obviously, this year, the qualifying round is going to be best of five, but 
you can't do this tournament if it's going to result in dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds of players uh, contracting COVID-19 and, and potentially passing it on to, to family members, to other members of society, you know, whatever hub city they're going to be in. And that's another thing. I know, you know, you have these hub cities and that sounds really nice on paper. And the idea being that these players are going to stay, you know, basically isolated unless they're playing hockey. But, I mean, think about that. There, there's the human aspect of this, too. Any player, and I've talked about this before, but any player who participates in the Stanley Cup playoffs this season, they're going to be away from their family for a long time if, the, if their team goes on a deep run. And typically, the Stanley Cup playoffs take two months. There's an extra round this year, so maybe, you know, two and a half months, give or take. That's a long time to ask these players to just live in a bubble and be away from their families. So, you know, there, there's the human aspect of this as well. And there was a report from Eric Engels, and he is a senior columnist and insider for Rogers Sportsnet. And, you know, he also covers the Montreal Canadiens. And he's been talking with players around the league, and every single one of them requested to remain anonymous, you know, for fairly obvious reasons. But, you know, here's a couple of his findings that he shared with us on Twitter. And, you know, a lot of the players, first and foremost, are just concerned about returning to play hockey. Uh, one player said a majority of the players do not want to return to play this summer, and estimated 75% uh, do not want to return. And though they're concerned with the financial pitfalls of that decision, they're more concerned about risking contracting the virus and or serious injury before you know having to get ready for the 2021 season. He also shared a text message that he had with a player. Again, this player is anonymous, but this player said, everyone's going to play. No one is going to opt out. Playoff bonus will be higher than ever. That's free money if we play. Hockey is a different culture than other sports. No one is opting out. And that's another issue altogether. You know, are players going to be labeled as soft or weak if they don't participate in these Stanley Cup playoffs? And no, they shouldn't be. I mean, there's a pandemic going on, and there's no way to ensure everybody's safety. And again, I can't stress this enough. There have been 26 players testing. That's an entire team. 26 players have contracted COVID-19 here before we even play game one of the qualifying round of these Stanley Cup playoffs. And no one should feel like they have to play. If they don't feel comfortable, if they don't feel safe, then just wait till next season. And speaking of opting out, we've already seen it from Major League Baseball. We've had four MLB players already opt out of their season before it even begins, and those players are Ryan Zimmerman, Ian Desmond, Mike Leake, and Joe Ross. And again, you know, it's a different sport, it's a different league, but the concerns are certainly the same. These players don't want to catch COVID, they don't want to spread it to other people, and they decided ultimately that their salary for this season, their prorated salary, simply is not worth the risk of getting sick or causing others to get sick. Now, obviously in the NHL, nobody has opted out of the Stanley Cup playoffs just yet, but I just find it very hard to believe that we're going to be able to get through five rounds of the postseason without some kind of an outbreak. Because again, 26 players already before a game has even been played. We're still a month away from getting any actual NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoff action. So what's going to happen between now and then? Uh, you can't tell me that there aren't going to be any other cases. So I don't know what their solution is, guys. I know we all want hockey, but I mean, it, it seems like the way things are going right now, that uh, an outbreak is likely, if not inevitable, if you get all these teams on the ice together. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think maybe it could be time to err on the side of caution. Obviously, the season is still a month away. So Anything can happen. I mean, who knows? We could have a cure by then. The way 2020 has gone, would anything really surprise anybody at this point? It is at least possible. But 
We do have to talk a little bit about the options for hub cities if the NHL is to return and is to attempt to get through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And right now, it sounds like the two heavy favorites that have emerged are Toronto at Edmonton. The NHL really zeroing in on those two hub cities. But this has changed quite a bit over the past uh, couple of weeks and even months, really. Uh, you know, a lot of different cities being floated out there as possibilities to host the Stanley Cup playoffs. Vegas was considered a front runner not all that long ago, but unfortunately, uh, COVID cases have have really spiked there, and so that has maybe not necessarily eliminated Vegas from contention, but certainly put a damper on their hopes to uh, be one of the two hub cities. Uh, Chicago still exists as an option. I know Pittsburgh was out there not that long ago, but right now it's looking like the NHL really, really zeroing in on Toronto and Edmonton, going to have both of the hub cities in Canada. Uh, nothing will be final until the players vote on the return-to-play proposal, which is not expected to happen until later this week, so we will keep an eye on that. As far as Toronto and Edmonton being chosen as the two hub cities, that's fine. I mean, from a hockey playing perspective, I don't think it really matters all that much which two cities are chosen. I really think the only factor that should be taken into consideration here is which two cities are deemed the safest and those are your two hub cities. I mean, if you're going to push forward and you're going to attempt to do the Stanley Cup playoffs, which again, you know, there's a case to be made for it. There's a case to be made against it. But if you really want to try to do this and make this thing happen and get through a 2014 Stanley Cup playoff tournament, then I think really the only factor that comes into consideration is which cities are the safest to do this, which cities are least affected by COVID, which cities is at least likely to have a breakout. And right now it sounds like those two cities are going to be Toronto and Edmonton. Now, again, it is not official. There will still have to be a vote uh, later this week, but we will keep an eye on that and update you guys as news comes in. But yeah, from just a hockey perspective, the actual game of hockey, it really doesn't matter which city these games are played in. Like, like take us Ranger fans, for example. I, I don't think it really affects the Rangers all that much which city they go to. There's no home ice advantage of any kind. There won't be any fans in the stands. And there's not really going to be any travel either because once these players and these teams uh, make it to these hub cities, they're not really going to be going anywhere. They're there to stay throughout the duration of their run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I suppose for Ranger fans, you could make the argument that Vegas would not be an ideal hub city to have the Rangers go to just because they are on Pacific time. They are three hours behind the Eastern time zone. And so if the Rangers were playing all their Stanley Cup playoff games in Vegas, uh, that'd be a lot of late nights for us Ranger fans because what's 7 o'clock there is 10 o'clock here. And we'd be staying up quite late for uh, some of these Ranger playoff games, especially if any of those games were to go into overtime. But yeah, it sounds like, uh, you know, Toronto and Edmonton really emerging as the front runners, really emerging as the most likely destinations, the most likely hub cities for the Stanley Cup playoffs. As far as the time zones there are concerned, uh, Edmonton is two hours behind East Coast time, and Toronto is it's the same time in Toronto as it is here on the East Coast. So I would imagine if we just go by what's geographically logical, then the Eastern conference teams would be in Toronto and the Western conference teams would be in Edmonton. But I suppose you never know. We'll just keep our eye on it. And, uh, you know, again, I'll keep you guys posted. We got at least one more episode coming for you guys later this week. I'll just keep you guys posted as news develops. I want hockey just as much as the next person. Again, I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is the best postseason tournament in any sport, in any league, in any planet, whatever. You know, it's the best. Everybody loves the Stanley Cup playoffs, but it just can't come with the cost of an outbreak. And right now, you just kind of got to keep your fingers crossed and hope that the NHL as well as the MLB and the NBA, uh, just carefully considers all the options and ultimately makes the right decision, whatever that might be.
Shifting gears a little bit here, and this is something that we covered very briefly in our last episode, but Kevin Lowe, former New York Ranger, part of the 1994 Stanley Cup Championship team, has been inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame 2020 class, and he joins alongside Jerome McGinley, Marion Hossa, Doug Wilson, Kim St. Pierre, and Ken Holland. And it's been a long time coming for Kevin Lowe because he was a part of six different Stanley Cup championship teams. He, of course, was part of the Edmonton dynasty. He won his first five Stanley Cup championships there and then came to the Rangers and won number six, his sixth and final Stanley Cup in 1994, helping the team, of course, break the curse. And again, six Stanley Cups. It's funny because when the news of this broke that Kevin Lowe would be joining the Hockey Hall of Fame, I retweeted it, and I just added a comment. I said something along the lines of, hey, if you win six Stanley Cups, you're in the Hall of Fame. And I'm only half kidding when I say that, because winning one is hard enough. And if you are part of a team that wins the Stanley Cup championship, then you played a big role in it. Because in hockey, everybody who dresses gets out there on the ice, and they play significant minutes, and they play important minutes in the postseason. This isn't the NBA, where the 12th man is never going to see the court. This isn't the NFL, where certain players are only going to be out there for special teams and maybe not play that big of a role. I mean, I know special teams are important, but you know, ultimately, you're not... Uh, usually deciding who wins or loses the game. And it's not baseball where, you know, a lot of the bench players aren't really going to see the field in the playoffs. I mean, maybe they'll come in for an inning as like a defensive replacement, or maybe they'll pinch run at some point, something like that. But in hockey, more than any other sport, every single player that dresses on game night is significant because everybody's going to be out there and everybody's going to play with the possible exception being the backup goalie. But, you know, even the backup goalie has to be ready. But yeah, with hockey, every single player needs to contribute if the team is going to win the Stanley Cup championship. And again, he was part of six Stanley Cup championship teams. Now you look at that Edmonton Oilers team and obviously they were stacked. Uh, and was he the best player? Was Kevin Lowe the best player on the Edmonton Oilers for all those years? No, he wasn't. Was he the best player for the Rangers when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. No, he wasn't. But again, in the NHL, you can't hide your players. You know, everybody has to go out there and everybody's got to play and everybody is going to, uh, you know, have a hand in winning a Stanley Cup. And again, six Stanley Cup championships for Kevin Lowe. I really think that's all that needs to be said. Kevin Lowe spent the first 13 seasons of his career with the Edmonton Oilers, came to the Rangers for four years, of course, won the Stanley Cup in his second year with the Rangers, and then went back to the Oilers for the final two years of his career, retiring in 1997-1998. Lowe was an all-star seven times, 1984, 1985, 1986, 1988, 1989, 1990, and 1993, and he also won the league's King Clancy Memorial Trophy in 1990, and that is given annually to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and who has made a significant humanitarian contribution to his community. So uh, couldn't think of a more deserving guy than Kevin Lowe getting into the Hall of Fame. He, of course, joins from the New York Rangers 1994 championship team. He joins Mark Messier, Brian Leach, and Glenn Anderson, also Mike Gartner. Uh, Gartner, of course, was traded in the middle of the 1993-1994 season, but definitely worth a shout-out here. And, you know, I hesitate to say that Kevin Lowe was underappreciated because I do think that Ranger fans generally remember Kevin Lowe and they respect him and they realize that he played a big role in that team winning the Stanley Cup. But when you think about the 1994 Stanley Cup championship team, he's not exactly the first name that comes to mind. And that's somewhat understandable because you think about guys like Mark Messier, Adam Graves, Brian Leach, Mike Richter, uh, then even guys like Alex Kovalov or Jeff Bukaboom, or maybe guys like Craig McTavish, Steve Lummer. It takes a little while before you work your way to Kevin Lowe. But again, Kevin Lowe 
uh, played a huge role for this team. I think the biggest thing that he did really for this Rangers squad was just kind of serving as that steady veteran presence on the blue line because the Rangers, they really had a talented group of defensemen, but they were very, very young that season. A lot of guys just kind of holding their craft and figuring out their way in the NHL. I think Kevin Lowe was a nice counterbalance to that, somebody that you could just pencil into the lineup every night and know that he's going to go out there and do his job and deliver in crunch time and somebody that you know has a lot of experience and has had a lot of success in the Stanley Cup playoffs, having already won five cups with the Edmonton Oilers. But, I mean, you take a look at the other Ranger defensemen at the time, uh, Brian Leach, Jeff Bukaboom, the late Alex Karpatsev, uh, Sergei Zuboff, arguably maybe the top four along with Lowe, probably the top five defensemen on the team. But those other four guys were all pretty young. I mean, Leach was only 25 at the time. Karpatsev was 23. Jeff Bukaboom was 28. Sergei Zuboff was 23. Uh, they did also have Jay Wells, who was 34, and they had Doug Lidster, who was 33. But Lidster, you know, he was really in and out of the lineup all the time with the Rangers that year, probably out more than in. And even in the postseason that year, uh, only played in nine of the 23 Stanley Cup playoff games for the Rangers. So yeah, I mean, Kevin Lowe definitely uh, played that role to perfection. It's just a steady veteran presence who was just going to go out there and, and just play solid hockey and just be sound in his own defensive end. He was 34 at the time that the Rangers won the Stanley Cup. Just a, a great veteran presence to have out there to go along with a group, again, uh, of a bunch of relatively untested uh, young defense. And the talent was there, but the experience was not. And that's where Kevin Lowe, I think, really contributed a lot is just being that steady veteran presence on the blue line. I also went back and watched a couple of highlights from the Rangers run in the 1994 Stanley Cup playoffs, and I was watching Game 7 against the Canucks, and obviously we all know how that went. The Rangers got the 3-2 win. They win the Stanley Cup, but obviously the last 10 minutes of that game when the Rangers were protecting a one-goal lead, uh, very tense times, uh, people just on the edge of their seats, and a lot of chances for the Canucks down the stretch, and it Kevin Lowe made an absolutely huge play. So the Canucks worked the puck in deep, and Martin Jelena shoots from kind of a tough angle. Uh, he hits the outside of the post, but, you know, Mike Richter, he had already moved up in his crease and then had to dive backward to try to, to get to the puck, and he couldn't get to it. And like I said, you know, the puck, it hit off the outside of the post. Richter's glove falls off. I mean, it's just a complete scramble. It's complete madness. And who's there to get the puck out of harm's way? None other than Kevin Lowe. And if Kevin Lowe doesn't get to that puck, I'm not so sure Mike Richter does. So if Kevin Lowe doesn't read that play and doesn't get to where he needs to get and immediately clears the puck out of harm's way, then who knows what could have happened on that play? You know, you shudder to think what could have happened. But, you know, Kevin Lowe, uh, you know, it's a play that doesn't really get talked about a whole lot, but he basically saved the game for the Rangers in that spot because if he doesn't clear that puck out of there, then somebody on the Canucks is going to get in there and stuff at home. I mean, I don't see how Richter would have been able to stop it. Richter was phenomenal the entire playoff run and that entire series, but I don't see a way that he would have been able to get back into position and keep that puck from going into the net. So just a great job by Kevin Lowe there, uh, basically saving the Stanley Cup for the Rangers, clearing that puck out of the way and, uh, you know, helping the Rangers preserve that one goal lead. So again, uh, big congratulations to Kevin Lowe. Joining the NHL Hall of Fame it has been a long time coming, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you much for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, then please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.